will never forget the day that I decided that I wanted a different life. I remember how tough it seemed to be every single day to make changes. When I wanted to change the way I look, when I wanted to change my money, I wanted to change my job. All these things came with tasks that were so unfamiliar to me. And it was just so hard all the time. It felt like every day got harder and harder the more I tried to change. The light bulb moment for me was when I realized that no one was coming to save me. If I wanted this different life, if I wanted a better life, I would have to create it on my own. The beautiful thing, though, is you can do it, too. It's going to be hard because it's different. If you want it to be easy, you would just keep doing what you've been doing and having the life that you've always known. But you want something different. Go after it. Push through. You got this on your own. And that was Graciously Glam on TikTok. Guys, no one's coming. No one's coming to tell you to work out. No one's coming to tell you to lay off the bread or the McDonald's fries. No one's coming to tell you to work for what you want. No one's coming. And everybody wants to be all cookie cutter. If I could do it, you could do it too. But it's hard. It takes a mind shift. And if anybody's going to be honest with you, it's going to be me. So... If you want to go somewhere, y'all know my flow. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, y'all know the song. I feel like I messed it up. You want to wake up and you better wake up and pay attention. Okay. You have to start doing things differently. The same meals that you eat every single day. That's not going to get you to the weight that you want to be, your ideal weight. You're going to have to either, I mean, you can eat the same meals, but you're going to have to scale back some type of way. You can either be Lexi with the banged up Nissan that the neighbor hit, or you can be Lexi with the Tessie. It's your choice. But I know that I can't be Lexi with the Tessie if I'm staying on the couch, binge watching my favorite shows and telling me, telling myself, oh, tomorrow. Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. No. What would Lexi with the Tessie, millionaires in the bank, what would she be doing? She wouldn't be making excuses, that's for sure. No one's coming to save you. Matter of fact, actually look in the mirror go you got a mirror near you if you're in a car look in the mirror yeah there you go that's the only person that is coming to save you okay let's drop the intro All right, guys, my name is Lex Chappelle. You are listening to the Lex Hustle Podcast, where we talk about following our dreams and living our best life. This is episode nine. Pew, 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 pew. And I know you guys are probably wondering, like, why hasn't this dropped on video? This was supposed to be the week. Yada, yada, yada. Boom, 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 bang, bang, bang. Let me tell you something. Do y'all not hear my voice? Allergies are I am fighting for my life. I've been having to pause and restart the recording because I've been blowing my nose nonstop. My eyes have been watering and I am literally trying to show up and I'm like, it's crazy also. <laughs> I literally was like, okay, you're going to get dressed, you're going to get in the shower, you're going to wash your face. You're going to, you're still going to do this video. And guys, it's 9.02 p.m. because all day I've been fighting to try to get this video up, like to show up. And I look like a wreck. Like <laughs> Y'all can hear it, but oh my gosh. Like my nose is red because I've been blowing my nose crazy. And I know y'all hear it. But next week, 
uh, and I felt like so defeated because I'm just like, you can't keep putting this off. Like the devil is busy because he knows the impact that this video is going to have when you start doing video for your podcast. Like, it's just so crazy that when you have an idea in your mind and you're like, oh, I'm going to execute and you feel so good about it on Monday and then Wednesday comes and it's just like you've been hit by a bus. And you don't know what's going on. Ugh. So excuse my voice, guys. Um, Video, it has to happen next week because that's my last week of my 12 weeks. And on my goal for my 12-week year, I said, I'm going to have video for podcasting. So I have to get it done. If I have to slap on a wig and makeup to cover my red face, that's what's going to happen. I just went on a little rant, yeah? Um, But this topic is, this week is, you're not an octopus. <laughs> you're not an octopus. And you're like, girl... What are you talking about? Don't worry. I'll dive into it. But um, before I do, make sure you send this to your accountability partner. You know, someone that is getting to the money just like you, you know, out here hustling it out. Make sure you send this podcast to them, the link. And as far as our affirmation, it's my perspective is unique. It's important and it counts. Mm-hmm. Now say it with me. My perspective is unique, it's important, and it counts. Yeah. So you have a lot to offer this world. I'm telling you that right now. No one thinks like you. No one's perspective is like yours. We're all different and wonderfully made, might I add. So don't sell yourself short. (laughs) You got a lot to offer this big world, okay? Now, my week, if you guys follow me on Instagram, at Lex Chappelle, then you know I've been heavily watching the, uh, what is it, American Playboy documentary or series. Because to me, it's like a documentary because it has interviews from Hugh Hefner, but it also has like a character, you know, walking through like him building a company. Super cool. I'm in love and I'm going to tell you why. Like you probably got a little glimpse, like I said, from my social media, but like obsessed. Like there were so many things that I've learned from the documentaries less series that honestly when I went to watch it I'm just like this sounds interesting um but I didn't really think like okay Hugh Hefner was such a great businessman like I really that didn't come to mind I'm just being real with y'all so clicked on it start watching it and I'm just like oh this is lit they got right to the nitty gritty yeah so basically he worked at a a magazine Esquire as the um, copywriter and he basically asked for a raise I think it was a five dollar raise yeah five dollar raise they didn't give it to him and he was like oh y'all bugging I know y'all got the money (laughs) so he quit he quit and he um basically at the kitchen table came up with his own magazine which wasn't originally called Playboy it was called something else I don't want to give it too much away y'all so then he basically with that name came up with the concept and his target customer basically was him someone that was youthful someone that was unapologetic fun lifestyle that whole vibe so he came up with the concept and he basically was like okay i need funding so he sold all his furniture he called around um and even his mom invested and basically she invested not because she believed in the magazine or the craziness of it because again in playboy if you don't know they 
posed, you know, provocatively and nude. So she basically was like, I didn't invest in the magazine. I invested in him because I knew. I believed in his potential, basically. So, yeah, so he basically raises the money, and then he starts it. He basically calls on some of his friends, you know, from college to help him. And, yeah, that's when it was basically born. So then um, it's going on. He basically, back in the day, you know, you had to clip out the magazines um, to basically send them to print. It wasn't like a computer, you know, like now when you could just type stuff up and make quick edits. It wasn't like that. So basically, he, they were about to release their first ever magazine. And he even finessed a photographer for Marilyn Monroe's nudes. Like, she basically um, posed before she became the Marilyn Monroe for a photographer when she needed money for $50 back in the day. And now that she's famous, they sold her pictures. So Hugh had a budget of $1,000. He went there basically not showing his hand, not letting the photographer know how much money he had to deal with. And he was like, the photographer basically was like, these aren't going to come cheap. It's going to be a pretty penny. And he was like, I know. Well, how much do you want? And he was like, $600. And know that Hugh has 1000 to spend. But Hugh didn't, you know, he didn't waver. He was like, man, that's a lot of money. But you know, it's under his budget. I was like, so smart. Because I feel like a lot of us would be like, oh, cool. Like, so quick to be like, oh, here's $600. Great. He was like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, can you come down to five? And the photographer was like, okay, 500 So he went into his um, bag and he got the $500. And I was like, yeah, I know that's right, Hugh. So he got the pictures and that's basically how... He came out with a bang with Marilyn Monroe as his first cover. That's crazy. So that was that. So he was basically printing everything up. And then he got a cease and desist saying, you can't use the name that you're using because we have a company and it's too close to our name. So they had to come up with another name. And his colleague basically was like, how about Playboy? Because his mom worked at a car shop that was had a Playboy car or something like that. So that's how they come in with the name Playboy, which I think is amazing because it's definitely better than the first name. Y'all, then the whole white picket fence, girl next door agenda was being pushed to Americans. Basically, the perfect family. And he was like, oh, we got to change things up. Everybody else was using calendar girls or calendar models. And he was like, no. So he basically persuaded his assistant that was in the office to pose for Playboy. And that's that is when their whole girl next door model basically like took off where they basically took girls that looked like they possibly could be from around the way um and make the men feel like they were obtainable to them. And I'm like, this guy, genius. So he's putting like their like a spill about them like Jen is a secretary at such and such such like you know giving them their whole job title so these men are like oh a secretary looks like this like that could be my wife like you know and I'm like okay genius then they were like okay he needed to be more like relatable so he decided to be like the face of his brand for to basically come out of hiding because he was very shy and you know take his brand to the next level like okay I am the playboy. Like, this is glam. I want y'all to sh show y'all how this brand is. So then he um, was proposed to do a TV show. 
and basically it would be a set of a bachelor pad like a penthouse um set and he would invite friends and they would chat and talk and y'all y'all have to watch it because some of the footage it gives vlogging like the way the cameras were like follow him around the penthouse and with his guests i'm like he was innovative before he even knew it okay because people do this now with a camera um it was different than the other talk shows of just you know sitting on the couch and just looking at someone talk like it was interactive so he decides that he's gonna have black guests african-americans and this was back in the time when segregation was a thing and racism was like thick 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 so the south was like no we're not going to play your show because you're, if you're going to have african-americans on there and this was a big thing because he's like if we don't get the support from the south we may not have enough ratings to you know uphold and be able to do more seasons because you know rating is everything but he stuck by it. he was like no I want them to come on. He was very influenced by jazz music and et cetera. So he had like people like Frankie Lyman and all that more there. He was like, no, like they're coming on my show. So he basically launched the show and I forget who the first African-American guests were. It wasn't Aretha Franklin. No, it wasn't her, but she did come to the club. But anyway, he launched it and he got so much support. The South did, you know, keep their word. They didn't air it, but he got so much support that he didn't need the South backing and he ended up, you know, moving forward with the show. So that was dope. He was really heavy on like, just because you're a different race, you shouldn't have to use different interests, interests. You should be able to mingle with everyone else. Like you're a person. So even when he opened up the playboy clubs, baby, talk about a time to be alive. Like I was literally looking at like the whole documentary, like, as it's taking you through, like, all these years and phases, especially when it gets to, like, the 70s, I'm like, oh, we think we turned, baby, your grandma, your mama, they was turned, turned back then, like, the whole hippie phase, the concerts, the marijuana, the dr- honey, that footage, I was looking like, they were having a time of their life like that's probably why there's so many people that are scared for those um what documentary is it the freak Neek documentary that's about to come out that's probably why your mom is clutching her pearls because they don't want that footage to come out the way they was getting down and jiggy with it back then on what i saw on the documentary i'm like oh yeah freak nick probably was on a whole different level that's why they don't want that documentary to come out y'all i'm struggling i'm trying to make it through i have to keep stopping and starting because when I tell you, I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> Child, then it shows you him basically keeping up with the whole brand of remodeling the Chicago Playhouse um, Mansion to acquiring the L.A. Playhouse ma- Mansion. First of all, let's talk about um, real estate and how it will forever, and I feel like investors always say this, be the best form of creating wealth. This man bought the Playhouse Playboy Mansion for a million dollars. It sold for a hundred million in 2016, a year before he died. Crazy. Yeah? Make 99 million on a... Baby. And this also has to do with him building a brand too because the mansion appraised for $35 million. However, due to the fact that they saw it as a um, historical like place in history, 
because of the brand and him throwing the iconic Playboy parties and etc. Just like um, Michael Jackson's mansion, it was basically deemed as historical. So that's what bumped it up to the $100 million price tag. So honey, build a brand, get everyone to recognize that brand. It also, um, I love it because it showed that your first ideal is not going to be, you know, the end ideal. Like just, it's okay to unlock your creativity. So it also goes through the fact that originally the logo was a deer and then it changed to a bunny. And the fact that he had somebody draw that and they got it in one take, the bunny was amazing because now when you see a bunny, when you see the Playboy bunny, you instantly know Playboy. Brand recognition, that is the, when I tell you that's the GOAT, like it's one thing to be recognizable in these streets, but to have your brand recognized based on a logo is the ultimate success to me. When you see the check mark, you know it's instantly Nike. When you see the apple cut, you know that's apple. I mean, the bitten apple, you know that's apple. Like, let's be for real. So um, I loved how they follow through the logo, y'all. And he even printed, he interviewed Malcolm X and Malcolm X basically was saying, um, you can't trust a white man. And literally everybody in the office was shook like, we can't get involved in this. And Hugh Hefner was like, I'm printing it, literally printed it. And after that, I feel like they just tried to do everything to get Hugh Hefner. Everything from suing him for saying that his, um, magazines were promiscuous. Meanwhile, he's been in business for like, I feel like 15 years at this point, 10 or 15 years at, at this point. And now they want to come at him is because he was standing behind Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Like he did not play. And then he went in there with a black lawyer, like, yeah, say something. Ended up winning. I'm like, I know that's right. I feel like if you stand for what you believe in, that is so admirable to me. Especially, again, because today, people can easily be swayed, you know? And if you're like, whatever, I'm going to stand 10 toes down, no matter what people try to, quote-unquote, cancel me or what people try to say, I, you get the utmost respect for me. Because to me, and other people may not think this way, I feel like people have right to their own rights to their own opinion. Like, you don't have to agree with everyone. And just because somebody thinks differently does not think that that does not make their stance wrong. And that, that, that does not make your stance right. Like there's no right and wrong sometimes. And people are so busy trying to fight to be quote unquote right. Like relax. Just because I said Fruit Loops are the best cereal and you think Lucky Charms is the best cereal, no one's right or wrong. Like let me think that Fruit Loops is the best cereal. And I feel like today people are so busy trying to argue Lucky Charms is the right cereal. Like, bruh, preference is preference. I said what I said. Relax. And I think that his, you know, basically ideal of standing 10 toes down on what he believed in really attributed to his success. Also, the simple fact I love, you know what I love about this documentary? That it was real and it was raw, like showing that this man was sleeping in his office, okay? Because he was so obsessed with making sure that every magazine was perfect. Like, it wasn't sugarcoating the work that he was doing and that it was not easy. And I love that. 
Because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, I made $2 million in my business this year. Yeah, guys, buy my course and you could do it too. No, girl. <laughs> like, can you be honest about the grit that it takes? Because that's really half the battle is to, you know, for people to really know, like, what you doing now ain't going to get you where you want to go. Okay. So you really, really got to switch it up. Your work ethic has got to change. And the simple fact that he wasn't there really for his kids, like his older kids. And he got married again and had young kids and he was able to be there because when his first two kids were born, he was building a business and a brand. And you know where you have no way wrong. And that's where I got this title for this episode because this is so loud because I also was listening to a book. Was it The Wolf on Wall Street? Um, let me see my audible. And in the book, it was talking about two companies and how one company basically went the route of expanding but getting like more notable brands. Like they bought like CVS and they basically trailed back on, um, they were a shoe distributor. So they trailed back on the footprint of distributing shoes and manufacturing. Whereas the other uh, company did the same thing and like bought other companies, but they increased their production on the shoes. And the one that was able to expand and grow was the one that scaled back on the production of shoes because they knew that they couldn't do it all. And that is why I said you are not an octopus, okay? You do not have eight hands. You can be in everything. And I had to learn that. And you, my friend, you had to learn that. Um, one up on Wall Street is the book and we're about to go to break and then we're going to get into topic. But yeah, he basically went wrong because he tried to expand. He was in Playboy. First of all, shout out to him because he made a profit in his first year of business, which is rare. No matter what anybody tells you, usually businesses don't see a profit until the third year. So you thinking, oh, I'm about to see this money. That's why you quitting after six months. It's like for what? (laughs) Hello here. Did you think you was getting a million dollars the first six months? Like, be for real. I'm sorry, y'all. I feel like I'm so cutthroat sometimes. But, like, somebody got to give it to you straight, okay? Like, this whole cookie-cutter stuff is just not, no. So, that's basically what happened is they tried to do movies. He tried to do a record label. He had the clubs. He was trying to do too much too quickly, okay? He built a solid foundation with the magazine, and he should have literally grew slowly but steady to build in those other areas. And then also have people that were equipped to help him build in those areas. Because that's also what he didn't have. He didn't have people that knew them industries. He just tried to go out and like, ooh, I'm going to mess around and find out. And did he find out? Baby, he found out, honey. You are listening to the Lex Hustle Podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Lex Hustle Podcast. And be sure to encourage your friends to download the podcast on Spotify and Apple Music. Now, let's get back to it. Okay, guys, so we're back from break. This is going to be, this segment is going to be super short and sweet because, again, y'all, your girl is fighting for her life over here. Um, oh, my gosh. I just cannot. Literally. I went to get in a car and I saw all the pollen on the car. And I'm just like, 
what is going on because I don't even have a lot of, I don't have trees on my street. So where is this pollen coming from too, which is freaking me out. I'm just over it. But anyway, you're not an octopus. I know you want to dibble in this and dibble in that, but it's time for you to narrow down and really figure out what you want to focus on now because you're trying to be a makeup artist, but you're also trying to flip houses. You're trying to be a cook. You're trying to, baby, figure out what you want to focus on. And what I can tell you, and I'm basically going to tell you what I'm doing or what I've learned. And even Hugh Hefner, he did this as well. So I'm like, girl, you're on the right path. Is you want to get an outlet that you're able to connect with your community. Hence, that's why I started the podcast. So people can get a feel for me and how I am and kind of like, quote unquote, behind the scenes. So y'all could be like, I remember when she had a podcast and she was building her cafe, you know? Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to kind of come along with me in this journey. Hugh Hefner did that when he built the magazine. He had the TV show to kind of come into his world and really, you know, get to know him in the brand. So I'm doing that and I'm focusing on a cafe. What I like to flip properties as well and grab up all the real estate, I would. But that's not realistic. You really have to focus on one outlet and be able to build that brand. Then you can venture out. It's going to be way easier than you trying to, oh, get a pot of everything else and try to be successful in that. You're going to get burnout. It doesn't work. And a lot of people like to say, a millionaire has seven streams of income. And they don't know that that's after they made the million. (laughs) It's not while they're trying to get to the million dollars. And I saw a TED Talk on this and I was like, that makes sense. Duh. And just look at somebody that you admire that's a business person. Like, oh, they started in this avenue. And then they were able to acquire real estate or start a different line the way of that avenue. So many people, and I see this so much, is like, oh, I have this going on. I have that going on. I have this going on. I have that going on. I'm just like, I can't keep up. So I know your community can't keep up. Like, what are you really trying to do? What message are you trying to get across? Focus on that. So we can get to the money, get to the money. Yeah. So that's really all I got to say for this topic. Because again, your girl's struggling. And I just want you to know, you're not an octopus. You need to nail down. So if you want to focus on, like I said, having something that you can interact with your um, community, that could be a YouTube channel, that could be a Facebook group, it could be a podcast, whatever. Get that going so that while you're building your business, they can feel like they're a part of what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And that's all, folks. Do y'all hear my stuffiness? Oh, my gosh. And then now I'm getting a headache. It's just, it doesn't quit. I need you to focus on one thing. What do you want to be known for? And get that out there and do that. And stop trying to be an octopus and have your hand in every little thing. Okay? It's time for you to focus and narrow it down. My name is Lex Chappelle. Thank you so much for listening to the Lex Hustle Podcast. Pray for me all this week because I'm fighting for my life out here. These allergies are no joke. It's crazy. Until next time, talk to you later.